0: So this afternoon, I thought so we'd uh, invite you and encourage you to move more into the domain of what we call heart, and uh, get a sense of what that is. Actually, uh, most, very often when you see the word mind in scriptures, it's, it's good to put a slash after it and call it mind-heart you get a better better sense of what that's what we're referring to. And so it's often in just uh, like in the teachings the Buddha would give to people who had not yet had any experience would always be first of all dhana, which is heart generosity, heart quality, and then sila, which is another heart quality, in the sense of Conscience and concern, ethical sensitivity, mutuality, to others as to myself, a very fundamental heart um, dimension, dimension of mutuality, which is the absolute norm for the heart, and is not the norm for the brain. Conceptual is always divisive, heart is always inclusive. Dāna, sila, morality, integrity, and the third one, renunciation, Which is sense of taking refuge or really centering into the quality of heart to such a degree that external stimulation becomes increasingly unnecessary. Don't need that support. Don't need that. It's enough. I've enough. Thanks. I'm fine. And that's uh, that's that's the (coughs) that's considered a. You know, a trajectory of how practice happens, how it goes. You know, when the heart develops, it goes that way. And uh, just to, you know, put a word in, big word in for renunciation, because it, it's sometimes seen as just something that monastics do for some strange reason. <laughs> you know, that's their business. Uh, but it's actually something that's stand, standard Dharma practice. And you took it another way. It's how to simplify. How to simplify so that you can pay more attention to details, not be overwhelmed by too much stuff. So, you know, lessen the quantity, heighten the quality. Lessen the quantity means you've got more time, more attention to what really counts what really matters so renunciation is anything that brings that form of assessment into play and generally the sense is what what can you trim off so that you can get to the, the point point. Yeah. and that's absolutely necessary for samadhi and is really what you know comes of what will, will naturally bring around samadhi particularly as you in terms of your internal complexities, you know, like all his story, what really is the point here? The one word gets to the point. What's the one word? You know, and will come from an area or, or an experience of, of a, a lot of a lot of verbalization. When you get to the one point, you can hit the emotional chord the emotional bell, (laughs) you know, this is fed up, (laughs) this is enough, this is happy, this is excited, this is, you know, positive or negative, you're going to get to the emotional uh, wellspring that's underneath the thought. This process is called wise attention or deep attention, (laughs) yoni Manisikara. And so, you know, just to really remember that a lot of what we call wisdom, again, it's another very heady term, is about clear, sensitive, discerning, assessment and handling of heart qualities. Yeah, Such as uh, aversion or fear. Which can be quite subtle forms of it. You know, that's where that's coming from resistance, unwillingness. What's happening? And then you explore what's happening, what's happening, what's happening. So we're coming into this territory. Uh, so, you know, I think all of us, is our socialized experience, and manifest personalities that come up with what's necessary. <laughs> you know, we can be fairly eloquent, confident, humorous, informed. You know, we've got all that can be running, and underneath it, <laughs> it's not quite the same. You know, <laughs> uh, and so sometimes the need to keep the personality running in order to not notice what's underneath it. <laughs> Keeps us very busy. So renunciation is also a sign of some degree of what we call cleaning out. It means we can actually able to let go of the stuff because we don't need to bury anything. Mm. We don't need to, you know, don't need too much covering. Mm. So it's a certain nudity or nakedness of heart is encouraged. Mm. <clears> this <throat> movement towards simplicity. Now the heart is totally capable of that and it feels that's what, what brings it to light I mean, in all its beauty and its strength is clearing the coverings. And so much of the coverings that are there to make us happy eventually uh, choke, choke the heart. And that was the real thing of the, the, the people... At the time the buddha got their inspiration from is seeing these kind of people you know getting up off of heaps of straw putting on these tatty old bits of rag walking around and looking radiantly happy <laughs> go, hey does not compute does not compute you know? <laughs> and as the king king of Benares, is kind of with all his silks and satins and he's still worrying around, biting his nails and looking agitating can't sit still for a moment <laughs> because he's got so much to protect and defend and look after because the heart, everybody's got heart but one person has sort of buried it underneath and haven't really processed their fear and their need and and their passion and so forth so heart of course has uh, despair, has loneliness (coughs) has fear has rage grief uh, love, passion, all of that. That's all there. there. Mm. How do we open and handle that, all that there, all that's there? Mm. you suppose supposed to just anesthetize? You know, is meditation like taking tranquilizers so you kind of dumb out all that <laughs> hot stuff? You know, <laughs> Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> the calming is just in order to clear the surface so we can get down to the to the nitty-gritty of it all and begin to work with that. And uh, one just a, one theme to, to bear in mind why we're doing a lot of embodiment is because uh, we're going to r- try to read, start to read the heart Probably from like an Im- from an embodied perspective rather than an uh, uh, abstract intellectual perspective. So when we you know we feel uh, anger or disappointment, we read that from the head perspective: angry, disappointed, not good, not good, not good. You know, frightened, not good, not good, not good enough. You know, you know. real mature people don't get frightened. You know. <laughs> Balanced people don't get angry. Well, not good. Not good. Something wrong. Something wrong with you. Personality deficiency. Da, da 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 da. Wrong with you. You know that kind of thing. Or or just spins out into the things that make me angry. Yeah. <coughs> the body we feel anger is this kind of wow fire rushing up, strengthening. <laughs> yeah. Heating, strengthening, fire. Okay. And with that, widening, softening, opening, being attentive to that. Is there a need for action now? Nobody's bothering me, you know, or whatever. Just feeling the fullness of the energy that comes up with something like anger. Holding it. Reading it from the body. This is fire, this is red, this is, you know, rushing around. Okay, yeah. feet on the ground, just framing it. And sometimes just doing that much, hearing it, sensing it, what does it need? Okay, now it's no longer being triggered because anger is generally triggered by being trapped. You yeah. Trapped, psychologically trapped, um, shut down, pushed away, rejected, closed, get off, get out, not you, enough, I'm not, you know, that's, that's what does it. <laughs> so, right? You know, somebody's limiting my possibilities, messing my space. So, this kind of powering up occurs. You do that to a mouse and it will do the same thing. You back a mouse into a corner; he's going to rear up. <laughs> if you can't run away, he's going to rear up.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So it's just kind of what nature gives us. Now the problem is when we, you know, hold that, and from our heads, we tend to project it onto the other person, or myself, or what I should do, or we mingle it with um, ill uh, ill will. Hatred, which is a different thing from anger. Anger is just a very potent natural energy. And hatred is much more something we've done through uh, assessment. You are like that. Or I'm like that. You know. It's much more what wor- worked out. I don't think tigers hate people. I think tigers hate deer. <laughs> they just kill them because <laughs> they need to eat. <laughs> don't there's any malice in it. <laughs> Human beings can hate without. You know, and the the poison of it. Poison of it. It can be cold hate, can't there? Cold sustained malice. Cold sustained throttling of a person's potential. These are diseases of the heart. Sometimes we need to come back to just the sheer sense of rage, and just be that, to feel it in its simplicity. And we don't have to complicate it with. With hatred, mm-hmm. so we're starting to read things from the heart level, and of course, love, and uh, beautiful things, and humour. Sen- all the sensitivities a heart's capable of. <clears throat> now, as I talked about fire, I think this is where you know what. Straddles the mind body boundary is the, what are called the elements. We talked about them earth, air, fire, water, space, and these are fundamentally or begin as, as physical or uh, perceptions of the physical. Yeah, there's great, they're huge simplifications. So, earth is the ability to hold a form, fill a space. Yeah, it's kind of blocks in, it forms, it resists things. And so, if you look around the room, you can see there's all these earth elements, they're all heaps of earth. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hi, <laughs> me too. <laughs> we do that, then all the issues about what clothes people are wearing or all that sort of fades out because you're just looking at blobs of earth (laughs) that's a simplification you never get into dispute over being an earth blob (laughs) it's really easy to do because it's given to you by nature so when you start to regard things like that your own body as yeah you could look at it like that just as blob and that reduces a whole load of issues doesn't it (laughs) <laughs> what I'm going to wear tonight, and, and hair. And like so you keep that as a kind of norm. Then you can obviously you can, you know, build on that if you want. But you can you always can go back to that. And when the rest of it doesn't seem to come out as good as it should, be <laughs> your blobbiness has not been impaired. <laughs> your hair falls out. And you know, you know get, your face gets wrinkled. You're still just the same old blob you always were. <laughs> So uh, can you love it? You know, (laughs) just just be there with that. Mm. Uh, Then uh, the uh, the shape is created by water, fluidity, bulginess, you know, plasticity, shapeliness, water. Yeah. Mm. How water has to be fluid, you know. So you notice, actually, when you really notice a body in movement. the shape of it is constantly changing. The legs are changing shape. The figure is changing shape. The breath is changing shape. It's always plasticity, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Fire is the degree of, of warmth or light. Yeah, warmth or light. It's the radiance. Yeah. So our bodies, can, in our own body, we can experience a sense of warmth. You you can also sense light and radiance, you know, energy from other people. People's faces shining, brightness. Yeah, it's got that quality to it. Movement is associated with air, which is like the wind constantly blowing leaves. And naturally, the most easy way to experience this is in the breath, breathing. And when the Buddha talked about breathing, he said. The wind element is breathing, passing through the limbs. So clearly, the wind element is not just uh, breath, or what we call breath, but it's the whole movement of energies passing through the limbs. So it's like the energies we've been feeling in our bodies as we move around. That's the air element. Fire element, vitality. And then if you kind of use that map... The space element means the ability is the lack of pressure, the openness. Yeah, so, it's an inferred element. It means because it's inferred, it's not we can't actually see it. We can sense when it's absent, and we can sense when it's present by what, how it affects the other elements. Like if your blob feels fairly relaxed, it means you've got space. If it starts to get rigid, there's not much space, it's tight and compacted. Space helps things to find their balance. It's a very important element. It's the, quality, it's the element that allows the others to shift around to their appropriate space. And what we look for in that is how do they all harmonize. Consciousness is the sense of knowing it. And then you have all kinds of elements. You have a nibbana element as well. The nibbana element is the, the property we have for let letting go. For just going, okay, finished. And thank goodness we can do that. Otherwise I think we would be seriously crazy. You. Imagine if everything you'd ever happened to you you'd still remembered it all. Yes. <laughs> So when you get that model, you can begin to also sense how there are certain um, emotional, fundamental emotional tones that go with those properties. So earth element is a very kind of, we call it solid, grounded, solid, so when the mind feels grounded and solid, it's not flickering, it's not wobbling, it's steady, that's earth. So the mind also, the heart also is earthed, can have earth element. Mm. Heart-mind can also have a water element, which is the ability to include, you know, to harmonize. You yeah, know, okay, dissolve the differences, put down the boundaries, gather around, flow along with that. Mm. So. It's our ability to accept change, to flow with change. Okay, we can be this, okay, we can be that. Regroup, form another. So that that wonderful capacity is the water element of the heart associated with things like compassion, kindness and so on. Fire element is the uh, activation in the mind. Uh, It can be associated with uh, vigor, uh, inspiration, suddenly got a flash, flashing bright idea, light bulb goes off in my head, that's fire. The aha moment is a fire moment. The I got it moment is a fire moment, sparking. Yeah? Fire can be the fire of uh, intellectual inquiry, when you get,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Intellectually sparring with each other is fire. So fire—that's healthy fire. Fire can also be the fire of rage when we feel really, you know, uh, burning. And it's called adhesive; it sticks everything together, pulls everything together into a into an incisive form. Whereas water tends to dissolve everything into a into a into a cohesion, into a kind of a harmonious form. Fire galvanizes everything into one point, pulls everything together. Adhere. So when you get fired up about something, it means that one topic is the only thing running for you. (laughs) You're fired up, and all the energy of your being is focused on that one topic. Right? That's fire. Adhesive. Adhesive. Air is um, the ability, or that in the mind which can uh, touch, move around. So it's associated with uh, inquiry, like moving around, what's happening, what's happening, check this out, uh, pushing things around. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have negative forms. Restlessness is the negative form of air. Uh, overheated, overstimulated, over-willful, over directive is the negative form of fire. So much fire that you can't hear anybody else. So on fire with your own ideas, you can't. You haven't got any room because your your mind has gone to other, one point. Water element could be so watery; it just never gets to any point. It just keeps dissolving everything and <laughs> stagnant. You know? Well, we could be this, or we could be that, and let's include that. And, but then again, on the other hand, but let's not let's not exclude anything. So you kind of get to this stasis, like a swamp. Um, and then the earth elements when you get uh-huh uh-huh yeah uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no so little movement it's become dead <laughs> yeah these are aspects that we can recognize there's all kinds of emotional qualities that you can begin to assess in these terms and they it's helpful because then they are actually really this is where this is how they arise you know before we're angry we're ignited you
1: know
0: before we're frightened we're activated and the emotion comes after the activation you know so I think there's the you know the It's one of these tests, isn't it? People test and they say, you know, do you see a bear get frightened and run? Or do you see a bear run and get frightened? And they found that actually what happens, you see a bear, you run, then you get frightened. The first thing is the body says, let's get out of here, we'll deal with the emotions later. (laughs) Yeah. So you get that flash and boom, before you know what's happening, you're moving and then the emotion comes. Yeah. Or of course when we're in crisis you know you can do something you've got to do this and you, you sit down in it oh my god you feel all these emotions washing over you and thank goodness that didn't happen when you were dragging somebody out of the fire because then you just had to act and as you complete the action you sit down and you oh i feel so shocked and overwhelmed and flooded and, oh my goodness but that comes after the action that you just did that your bodily did your body did so the activation comes first and the emotion is the heart's way of perceiving, interpreting, um, reading uh, and empathizing with that body resonance. So the heart's nature is empathic. Empathy means that which happens you resonate with it. You know, it happens you resonate with it. And emotion is resonance. Something happens, and you, you don't go, "Uh huh." You go, "Oh yeah, but there's a whole sort of movement, isn't there?" That's so. It's the heart, because the heart is a resonant faculty. Heart experiences bodily reactivity, and it resonates until, and that's its that's its quality, because it resonates, it allows that that mood, that effect to happen. And be resonated and integrated and then gradually that can... It's completed. Yeah. And if the heart doesn't do that, then you get something called trauma. Which means the effect has happened and it hasn't been able to be discharged. So it gets locked in there. At, a, at the effective level. Yeah. And we may not have been able to resonate it because we may for various reasons, we may have felt it wasn't proper to express it or who knows But that, so the heart is essential in order to resonate with these effects and in that resonance the power of the effect can be felt, heard, sensed and we stay, we become we're able to be with that and it, it can move on it can move on you know, it doesn't stay stuck in that, it moves on and it doesn't work when we think it you know, so somebody's been annoying me, I'm trying to forgive them for the last 15 years and it means well, after all we all make mistakes and maybe I'm not perfect myself And he means well, and he says, oh, I still God, he pisses me off. No, 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 let's be a bit more kind and compassionate about that, because he means well, we all make mistakes, nobody's perfect, let it change, let go of it. Jerk. <laughs> but no, no, after all, let's be a bit more magnanimous, that's unskillful karma, that's called and he's trying to kind of do it from your head down, and all is wonderful, true, true, absolutely true, it ain't happening, It's not shifting. Yeah. So the encouragement is get to that place where you're not being fair, reasonable, sensible, not your mature, balanced personality, (laughs) who can cope with all things, but just that place where you're feeling, you know, okay, because that's still there and you haven't resonated with it properly yet, (laughs) and it won't move until you've resonated with it properly because you're skipping a function you know it's the heart's job is to do the resonating not the brain's job brain doesn't resonate it just names it's just flat naming and all the names in the world aren't going to shift that so yeah I mean not that it's irrelevant we can start to think okay let's you can use your brain to think let's get into the body let's really feel the feeling that's useful but then the heart has to do it Yeah. Has to do resonating with the felt sense of something that happened ten years ago, and actually i haven't moved on yet because i I was so eager to move on that i didn't spend the time letting it rock me around and that's that's the you know, there's, there's a problem there, isn't it? Because we want to be competent, mature, capable, balanced personalities so that we can, you know, normalize other people. But actually, really, I'm, I'm not balanced with <laughs> on one level. There's this kind of stuff going on and, uh, uh, you know, my personality can't deal with it. You know, you've got to, you know, go to the, the, fe- the feeling, the heart sense of it. Yeah. and so, and all the impacts we receive in our daily lives yeah. this again is why simplicity is important because you're just getting less stuff jumping in on you mm-hmm. less stuff you have to really take in and integrate and resonate with so you can resonate with what's really important for you This is the way you clear talking about clearing karma, you know. This is how you clear the feeling of it, the regret or the guilt or the nostalgia or whatever it is. You go to that to those places, hold hold steady in your body and resonate with it. And to avoid, you know, to, to avoid just going up into the head in explanations and justifications and so on, you try to maybe go into your body, what does it feel like? It feels like you know, you're stuck, feels like rigid, feels like something poking, feels like burning, feels like moving, agitation, movement. So you look at very primary elemental features to these emotions. And this is what the the palate palate of the elements can present to us if we're not actually that accurate but at least we're trying to stay in that place of course it's not always the case that we are conscious of having you know buried emotions or what you like to call it that's because they're buried (laughs) that's what burying does (laughs) It's good, it's good, it's good at uh, it. I was never an angry person until I became a monk. Now I realise just how angry I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of, I've passed through it, most of it. But it's just how much kind of potential for, for anger there was you me. Because, I, you know, I was always polite and tried to be polite anyway. And, uh, and it's not, you know, I couldn't even really find out Why? Doesn't matter why, the heating effect, the frustration, and the willfulness, the fieriness of my nature. Mm. Feeling cramped, feeling not enough space, feeling not, you know, things holding me down, whatever. So some of this stuff is just, it's not necessarily fair or accurate, it's not necessarily a correct assessment of other people's behavior. Yeah, it's not the people who have necessarily been unkind. It doesn't this doesn't come into it. It's just what what is felt now, yeah. You know, in any, any time. And you can get angry with a fridge.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can get angry with your car. You know. It's got no no intention to do you any harm, but you can still get flow your top <laughs> over the, the car, you know. So it's nothing to do with any sense of wise assessment of other people's behaviors, it's just dealing with the realities of the human human being, <laughs> human heart. Mm-hmm. So we can contemplate that, but I think what I'd like to do, as so I did mention using sound, is, is do a sounding exercise. Mm. This does help to invite the heart to be a bit more resonant, And sometimes, in just that invitation for resonance, certain uh, emotions or tonalities come arise that you know know, that uh, need to be sensed or felt. So I will. um, Those of you like to participate, and by all means, if you don't want to, that's fine. You can just listen. Because even listening will certainly have a similar effect. But even more effect if you do vocalize, you'll get a stronger effect. But even listening you'll get an effect. <coughs> and just again to remind that here we are together. So this uh, essentially the fact that we are together yeah, is already the gesture of uh, kindness, compassion, inclusivity maybe all be well I'm sure we all intend that incline that for each other so just to remember and part of the thing about group is just that uh, moving away from the tendency to isolate ourselves and get stuck in our own our own disasters (laughs) (laughs) Sharing disaster is the, is the quick way out of it. <coughs> now, can you make a sound? How do you make a sound rather than just speak? All our voices have resonators in them. Uh, and if we uh, play with the throat, you can find yourself resonating a bit more. Uh, let 's see what 's just so like just you aim for normal no big deal just the normal throat resonance <coughs> breathing out and bringing your voice box up against your breath. open your throat widely relax your shoulders completely so you give plenty of space around this area we're looking just for sort of normal uh, Okay, did you feel what happened in your body then? Did you feel anything, kind of like a certain shimmering in your chest, in your bones? Uh. Uh. So you feel a certain... Resonators primarily in these bony areas in the upper chest, I imagine. <clears throat> Let's do it once again, and and how much stronger it is when you're also hearing, because then the the sense of, on a very instinctive level, you know, we're turning in the, turning to the empathizer, the empathizing organ, if you like, faculty, and now we're in some unconscious, unspecified way we're empathizing with each other. We're joining together. So the the empathic effect and the resonant effect and the heart effect is magnified by that. We're all sounding together. Mm-hmm. The sound fade and any heart effect any mood effect any tonal effect comes up with that so there we were expressing nothing at all apart from just resonating together and there's to my my experience just with that nothing there apart from resonating together there is I feel an effect, effect of feeling more expansive, more spacious, more befriended in some way. You know, subtle, subtle effect like that. Now let's go right down, can you get right down low in your belly? Get down there, take a breath, and of course your sounds are coming out of your throat, not of your belly. <laughs> but if you go down and start to breathe from through from the belly and what kind of sound comes out? rest and listening, sensing unusual kind of slightly not your normal human sound not the humor range, not the vocal range slightly strange very earthy, ground ground earth you know certain solidity to that my, my experience the tonality of that is very goes no further than this this is, this is earth mm. now let's move up to the centre of the chest and also just notice perhaps, when you were down low did you feel different places in your body reverberate or shiver, did it remind you of anything, just just think, how was all that? Then we move to the center of the chest, breastbone, confident, joyful, open-hearted. Those kind of tones come into my mind. I like that place very much. Try another one, the throat, focusing in your throat, loosen your jaw, wriggle your jaw around. again (laughs) how is that what's the tonalities around that Mm -hmm. let's get a sense of that Expression Ability to express myself. Feel free to say what I want to say. Clearing. Getting things out off my chest. Relief. Mm. Let's take one more. It's time focus in your centre of your forehead. Third eye, just above the bridge of the nose. So when you do this, relax your eyes. Yeah. Soften around your eyes. So you want to get that part of your body to feel quite open and loose so it can properly um, resonate. Don't try too hard. If you try too hard, you're gonna, and your forehead will not. it going to be really loose. Don't know how this is going to sound. <laughs> So that was finding a way, wasn't it, we were sort of faltering, is this it, what's that, how's this? Let's try one more time, once again. Notice the effects in the bones in your head, the temples, Mm. just having a vibration run around that area of your body, head, temples, your eye sockets. Let's try one more time with that place in your body, the forehead. invitation, does anyone have any any words they would like to wrap around any of that experience weird, happy
3: the body's response to that awareness you know, the response of the eyes, the watering of the eyes, the feeling in the throat and then letting that move on through
0: and that sense of shame was particularly associated with the head, yes, self-consciousness yeah. That's the head's burden. (laughs) Mm. But you could feel the, the body resonating with that, letting that process move. Yeah, great. So moving through some sense of shame. Free jazz, free jazz. Huh? Do, do. <laughs> no? <laughs> not, not right now. <laughs> not while I'm here anyway. It can get a little bit... Uh, it can be quite emotionally disturbing actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. can be. It Confl- can be conflictual. Disturbing for people.
4: Hi. So my my experience was one of really liking it because I hadn't been doing much vocalizing at the different points for a long time. I used to do chanting some time ago. So it kind of reminded me of the experience of chanting. And this thought I had about a half hour ago of donating for the hungry kept on going through my mind and kind of proliferating in different ways. Like um, it first started that I would donate it on behalf of this organization, and then I wanted to donate it on behalf of another organization. Just this thought of uh, this awareness and thought that I wanted to do something or donate something toward the hungry. Kept on really going through my mind throughout the time when we're doing the uh, vocalizations
1: mm-hmm.
0: so in a way your mind is moving out, reaching out yeah? it's a certain and it's reaching out in an empathic sense, an empathic way other beings suffer, I want to be there with that, I want to open to that I want to bring some good energy into that to mm-hmm. say that's correct Just sort of summarizing it. Mm -hmm.
4: Can Can I ask you a question about feeling feelings? I know we're talking about it before. I don't know whether you want to keep the conversation
0: just about the sound. I'd like, first of all, just to check in. I'm happy to answer the question in due course of time. I'd like to just check in to see anybody else anything to say just about that that process we were in.
5: Mm -hmm. Hi. Um, This morning, when we were doing, uh, with the breathing, uh, the straw breathing, I found that um, on the exhale, there was a kind of panic that I wasn't going to get another breath. But um, when we did this now, um, when we were in the belly, it was the most comfortable. And it Mm -hmm. was like, wow. It's like, it was really great. And um, up here it was a little weak. I just felt like not very connected. The throat was kind of neutral, and here was a little of that panic. But Heart. it was really good, and mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. really good in the belly, low down. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, it's almost as if you can map map our Psychological development—the you know, further up it goes, the more self-conscious it gets. <laughs> so this bit is often quite tentative. To can I even say anything? You know, because I'll be heard and seen and noticed. You know, whereas down here, it's just <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. It's just really kind of very like kind of like the animal level of it, always. so so earthy and uh, reassuring. Just the. You know, scrap all that stuff and get down there. <laughs> That's why I can sense with it. And we need to hit those those bass tones because yeah, we're often top heavy. Absolutely. I think there was someone at the back there had thing she comments she wanted to make. Yeah, a lady back there.
6: Oh, there's a lot of vibration in my forehead. That continues, and it's hard to keep my eyes open.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
6: And the sound—the sound was much stronger
1: than I expected it uh, to
0: uh-huh, be. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hard to keep your eyes open.
6: Right. I want to close them again. <laughs> you want to? Uh, not. I'm not sleepy. It's.
0: Is it because you want to focus more consciously on it? I think
6: so, it's because I'm paying attention to it. Right, so sensations. you want to
0: kind of close off the visual world and just focus on the vibration, huh? Right. Mm-hmm. And the vibration is enjoyable. It's pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, woman at the back there.
6: So with the sounds, I felt held by others um, in the listening of it. And then in making the sounds, I felt a clearing. What's happening now is I feel the top of my head throbbing. And I wonder, is there a sound to make from up here? <laughs> there is. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So.
3: I had the same um, experience that
7: I have when I chant, which is why I don't like chanting. The vibration hurts my head and body.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
7: I don't know if anyone else has that experience. Hmm? I don't know if anyone else, I've never met anyone else who said they had that experience Hurt. when they were chanting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But this was the same for me, so I stopped uh-huh. doing it.
0: Uh-huh.
7: Uh-huh. That's all.
0: Hurt your head and body?
7: Head and, yeah, the feeling of vibration. Mm-hmm. I found very mm-hmm. disturbing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Should uh, I just say? Do you want to bring the mic over?
3: Um, I found that when we were doing the chanting at the, at the chest level, at the heart level, that I felt a great deal of heartache. Um, and as the sound would evolve, it seemed to sort of open um, but then when I did it again, I remet the heartache and it opened sort of each time it didn't it just kept kept touching the heartache mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. 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 Do you do you yeah, so touch the heartache and without going into details, is that something you've you've so oh, I, I know what that is. So you're familiar with it or is it just something that surprised you? I'm familiar with it. Familiar with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was I, though I was a little surprised
1: to feel it at that moment. Mm-hmm. I didn't know
3: that that's what I was gonna feel at that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm.
8: old friend or <laughs> old
0: familiar way of being Uh uh-huh, Uh uh-huh. and so is there any process with that so you feel that, does anything help to allow that to I don't know, be witnessed, sensed, help, move on, change or whatever, without does it help to sense it in that way, in a bodily way?
1: -hmm. Um, But it does help to sense that it feels very
6: um, honest, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. and
3: and and, um, and connected to other people. It feels
0: feels very just real. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think what can, you know, why, if, if this thing works, and of course, I don't think there's any system that works for everybody, but, you know, if it is effective, the senses we have is because with the emotional senses, we know what we're feeling, we're aware of what we're feeling, but sometimes we lose where we are, you know, we're not, we, do, we lose the ground. And when you're resonating, you can feel your body. So your body is, here I am. And that gives enough, can give enough ground basis to be able to not get blown out by the feeling or have to close the feeling down. To feel the feeling and be present with it in a grounded way to allow the feeling to be felt. The problem with feeling is if it's too strong, we get thrown out by it so it isn't processed. Or we close it and it isn't processed. Or we proliferate around it and it isn't processed. <laughs> and how does it process? It processes through the body or the embodiment. Yeah, lady, front row
6: here. I, I thought it was really interesting. I got a sense of um, space. You know, and the uh, image that came to mind was going into a cavern. I once went into caverns in West Virginia and was really completely knocked out by this spaciousness of of the inside of something. On the outside, it looks completely normal, Mm -hmm. but on the inside, there's this sense of really vast space. But that was also coupled with... um, And of course this is just a thought, remembering being a kid and when sound came so naturally, you know, um, singing or humming. um, So in the end I thought it was really pretty wonderful. It it was a kind of discovery Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wow, there's more inside than I (laughs) I Uh realized. So uh I liked it very much. Uh
0: Thank you. The person person a few rows back. If you could pass it back to her.
8: This afternoon, um, I'm, I'm quite tired, so that is a context. But for me, it was interesting because I am a singer of sorts. I've been in choirs. So what came up as an obstacle just to see was uh, a competition and performing. That that is... Uh, gets in the way of a lot of things. I I think I'm I'm very eager for this to be a private sound for now, so that I, it will be truer to the group when when we do it again. But I hope to get a lot of sleep before then. <laughs> but I'm glad we did this. It, it's very helpful to me.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
9: The young lady who uh, said that. The uh, chanting in general is unpleasant for her and uh, is painful. Um, I read a review for a sonic entrainment. Uh, They have a program that goes from gamma, gamma, beta, uh, alpha, and delta. Uh, For the theta uh, entrainment, a person wrote a review on Amazon saying that it made him dizzy and nauseous and the ill effect lasted for a month. So uh, there are people out there who are highly sensitive to uh, vibrations and there might be a different level of evolution for all we know. know? But uh, uh, myself, I found that I have a uh, high lung capacity. When I was a kid I used to freak out my mother by swimming from one end of the municipal pool to the other underwater, I wouldn't come up until I reached the other end of the pool. So I found that I was having to hold back. And if I continued the full exhalation of the, of the note, I found that I would be the only one doing it. That would be embarrassing.
0: Embarrassing.
9: So I had to sort of hold back and, and, kind, mm-hmm. of, and kind of like put a damper on my enthusiasm, <laughs> I found so, but uh, I just want the young lady to know that she's not alone in uh, having ill effects from vibrational uh, practices.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just interested in your experience right now. <laughs> yeah, okay.
9: I found I found
0: it to so be. You, you felt a little bit like um, what is it? Have to hold back.
9: I had to hold back because uh, I would be the last one, the last man standing, as it were. And, and uh, is that bad? Well, I, I had to sort of <laughs> repress myself, you know, uh-huh. not 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 engage in it full hearted, wholeheartedly. Uh-huh. Uh, I did find it very remarkable that uh, you, re- dependent on which part of the body was the the vibration was concentrated on there was a pronounced difference in the quality of the tone and just the sound and uh, everyone seemed to know exactly what they had to do intuitively and uh, it seemed to be like I didn't hear any dissonant uh, sounds but there's, they seemed to be very pronounced difference mm-hmm. in the quality of the sound depending on what part of the body it's being uh, resonated in. And everyone seemed to know what. The, it seemed like everybody was practice at this. It's like I don't know. I don't know how many people have done this before, but uh, uh, it it was a very impressive um, uh, effect.
0: There's uh, someone down here.
10: I'm curious. Um... I mean, you had talked before about the heart being the resonator and the mind being the labeler, and um, with this, I, I, I'm wondering about um, that nonverbal nature of the heart. And you were saying it's almost n- not important to know what that thing is. Mm-hmm. And I've I've had that experience before. I mean, today because it's sort of a you know less concentrated environment. I just felt the energy sort of pinging around. Like I, I am sort of sensitive to it, and I sort of feel it. Like your, what did you say? Your schnooker ball or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But in other retreat-based scenarios, I've had experiences where um, there's been, like, there's been like a tangible release of energy that I sort of I, I could probably like say I you know I think that was but but it it was just so much more somatic I guess is what I'm trying to get at um where I've actually <coughs> felt things just let go and you know and not come back you know just feeling that kind of release of it and uh, one of them was on this one retreat where there was a, a strong kind of movement component. And at the end, people were on the floor and there was that kind of, you would ask for the, the just sort of dissonant sigh. <laughs> and that happened. And it was it was terrifying. Like my, my response to it was that of like a little five-year-old. But when it subsided, like sort of being with that, sound, that vibration from the entire group, you know, just sort of did its dance. You know, it started, it sort of resonated and then ended, and and with it ended that, that kind of like
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
10: terror, <laughs> really.
1: Uh-huh,
10: uh-huh. But, so I'm just curious about the somatic and nonverbal connection that this has.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's because it's, it's just the fundamental effects before... I mean, the, the, the heart does do labelling, but in very much more simple terms uh, and non-verbal terms. Uh, welcome, uh, resistance, uh, ap- fear, uh, you know, anger. It doesn't do it verbally, but it certainly designates. It certainly... And it's the, the brain puts all the labels on it, and often one label on top of another label... Till it's all label, and all you really feel is cluttered and confused. Yeah, yeah. My brain comes into this like That's your mother.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So you want to be careful making any any analysis of it, you just don't know. You may have intuitive hunches. This is feels old, or this feels like it's been here a long while. This is raw. This is Delicate, this is joyful, you know. Uh, and because it, you don't have to know that much for release. You just have to know how to be with it. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
11: So, um, Kathy's sharing is reminding me of how, um, how healing music is. The power of music can be so healing. Mm-hmm. And there is a, you, um, there's this uh, healing technique called toning, which, you know, what you're doing reminds me a lot of of being in different places of the body and making sound. It's basically mm-hmm. the same thing called, called that. Mm-hmm. And how um, I just am feeling so much appreciation for that, how we can, um, you know, just go beyond words and, you know, thoughts and that tangle of things and mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. be really present in that, in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate it a lot. Thank you for sharing. Okay, great. fellow at the back? Um, first I, I
0: just
5: wanted, first I just wanted to say that the, the first woman's comments to which you replied, you used the word shame. shame. Um, uh-huh. I didn't hear her comments and I'd be very interested if you could just kind of, if you can remember <laughs> what prompted it to have an interest in that.
0: Uh, well, that's up to her, really.
5: I meant from, from you, not necessarily from her, but, and then I'll tell you what my experience was. If you could, if not, I'll just tell you my experience. So I, um um, um, I was feeling vibrations with all of them except in the belly, deep in the belly, which is odd because I'm a singer of sorts too and sing in choruses and I can sing very low. But when I was focusing on the belly, I felt nothing down there, but I felt a really lovely light trembling in my, you know, vibration in my sternum, in mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. The chest bone. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, gentlemen.
12: I found that uh, I've been doing chanting of this sort for many years, and my initial uh, reaction or response to it was also this quality of fear, uh, which started with uh, just over intellectualizing and then got to the point of uh, almost blacking out. At certain uh, at certain levels, and then realizing that uh, it's staying in the body that's so uh, daunting for those uh, of us who are uh, stuck in the head so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it's it, for me, it was very beneficial to to you know keep in the body, keep mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm, uh, you mm-hmm. know in the the tonality, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not only with the single tone, but also. Resonating with different sounds in different places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, just to share that.
0: Mm, thank you. Thank you.
11: Um,
10: I still feel oh, that's odd. I still feel a vibration here and openness, almost like a long forgotten tickle that uh, finally has a companion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Okay. Um,
13: I was the one who was told to hum along in grade school. So I I was immediately self-conscious uh, and sidestep that by, uh, by the recollection of a photograph I'd seen many years ago of a boy. Uh, I became the boy in the photograph and and it was very easy to chime in with everyone. But in this photograph the boy is standing on a chair in a misty morning yard outside a cabin in the mountains. I think it was North Carolina. And he's just standing on the chair with his hands slightly behind his back and his chin up, his mouth wide open singing the world, it seemed like. It was like, there was a a feeling that that I I got in in our sustained notes that was like that where it could be just like you're a windpipe and the wind blows through you and so all you have to do is let it happen and it's not personal in a funny way. Mm -hmm. And it's even better when it's uh, communal. Mm, absolutely. So that was the that was my experience.
0: Mm, thank you. Let's uh, take a few minutes break. I think. Uh taking your time, finding your firm foundation making sure your sense of your groundedness, your belly, your pelvic floor, all that's grounded and breathing through the belly breathing down let's see if uh, you can come up through your back opening the front of your body There are very few creatures took the big risk that we've taken of exposing our underbellies. Normally, most creatures keep their backs and keep their underbellies, the soft side, down to the earth, Nobody so we can get at them. Thus, and kangaroos, it themselves upright, and kangaroos make sure they've got big legs they can jump away. <laughs> So, what, we, what do we have? <laughs> yeah. One thing we have uh, enormously resourceful is our empathy This is what the front, our fronts, our soft surfaces can do you know, They can resonate empathy It's difficult to be empathic when you're kind of curled up in a heap <laughs> to really, you know, embody the empathic movement of opening, the softness of your body, you know, in that sense of presence with other beings, other humans, mm. <clears throat> and we also have the back, the protector. Mm, sorry running down from the crown of your head, down your spine, into the ground. Yeah. So, it's very important to energize both of those faculties, those aspects, and resonate them, so they become not just physical, but somatic, and Emotional heart senses Mm. back is the ground, grounder, right here. Mm. And the softness of our bodies is the resonator. I can feel this, and we, you know, so as we come together, that sense of just being in that empathic uh, position, really. Of course, because we're not always that skillful, this empathic bit starts to get closed in defense, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Now, can we start to you know, use our groundedness as our protector and also the ability to process feeling mm-hmm. through the resonator? the heart resonator, just to feel the feeling as a feeling and feel it whether we even understand it, know what it's about why it's there and so forth that's all, you know, possible but it's really head stuff and trying to really uh, feel it as in an embodied way the energies in the body the tonalities of it the tonalities of the embodied state you know, so we can sometimes feel defeated what's that tone? Mm-hmm. we can feel rejoicing, what's that tone? I think each and every one of you you'd be able to model that in your body You know, if I said look defeated <laughs> you'd all go look rejoicing you know. Look courageous, yeah, yeah. so we know, we know that yeah we need to not just look it from the outside but also feel it and that's so you know what we may have touched into or at least presenting um, potentials for with our sounding exercise is is just. The, Using sounding to resonate in the in the body in particular areas and begin to feel certain tonalities that go along with that and how resonating in those tonalities uh, it allows them to reveal, be felt and move on. So you don't you don't get out you don't get out of karma through not doing anything you have to process it you don't have to at the same time you don't have to understand every single detail the teaching is that you just touch the net result that you're left with if you try to go through every act in your life it's going to take you a long long time but you can process the net results of what you're left with yeah the net the net results this net result will be is your Almost your personal emotional profile, your personal psychological, or your personal emotional profile—is that you know, degrees in which you know we all have our defeated places, our rejoicing places, our irritate—you know, whatever it is. But so you know, when we, when we turn to the heart impressions, or what's called mind states, <laughs> nice and clear, isn't it? Mind states. <laughs> Then you're really the Buddha's detailing the kind of, you know, the palette of emotive impressions. This is, the, this is when the heart is affected by, by fear, when the mind's affected by grief, when the mind's affected by hatred or aversion or rage, you know. So he's saying these, these are the tones, get to know these tones. Get to know these tones very well. And, and that foundation, that establishment sits if you're familiar with the teaching in the four establishments of mindfulness, body, feeling, mind state and then Dhammas so actually they're like, they're like Russian dolls, they will sit within the embodied state so we come into the embodied state, we feel the feeling in the embodied state we begin to handle and hold the heart condition, heart profiles, the heart um, features if you like, and heart landscape in the embodied state. Holding it in the embodied state, what does it say? We know this is the heart state. And that's all it says in the sutta. Knowing this is the heart affected by this. And you say, yeah, but, 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 then it doesn't, it just says this, he knows this is the heart affected by this. Uh, what does that mean? It means you're resonating with it. You don't have to know an answer to it, a solution to it, a reason for it you resonate in it feel it in the body and it starts to do what it has to do it completes, it moves, it changes it, it leaves understandings by itself it leaves understandings you know? we always kind of assume that this strange thing we call myself which you can never really put your finger on which is always supervising everything and noting everything and commenting everything this is the thing that's going to tell you what to do and know what to do but in this area the heart knows itself it is self-knowing it doesn't need somebody outside to tell it what to do it needs to know itself once it knows itself this is what it feels like and there's this ah, ah Okay, that was that. You know. That was that. So this way you can move through all kinds of you know difficult um qualities that the disembodied self, you know, doesn't know what to do with is sometimes quite appalled at or confused by. You know. It shouldn't be this way, I don't know what to do about this. Try not to be like this, don't feel like that. This is what your dislocated self <laughs> wants to do, tries to do. But you said just put that aside. Be the knowing. And what do we mean by knowing, sensing, feeling, resonating? So we're knowing from the heart place. So mindfulness is then holding the frame of reference. And as I said, this is the heart affected by greed, this is the heart affect the uncontracted heart, the expansive heart. It knows itself as this and to the and then there is clear comprehension, full awareness to the extent to know this is just the heart. This is the heart. This is the mind heart. No designations. It's just this. Just like you can look at a body as all kinds of things, skin, hair, teeth, bones, alive, dead, moving, scratching. Whatever it's doing, or you can just say, "This is body." <laughs> you know, earth, air, fire, water is just this. This is body. You you begin to sense the undifferentiated, mm. which is almost like the blank paper that all the writing is written on. Mm. And naturally, when you read a book, you read the uh, the writing—you don't read the paper, but the paper is really important. <laughs> <laughs> Without the paper, those, <laughs> those words truly can't can't land anywhere. So, so, where does all this happen? You know, where do those feelings happen? Where's that sense of disappointment or happiness? Where is it happening? You know, you're really kind of probing, intuiting, fathoming, resonating to that which can feel feeling, that which can be written upon, Hmm? that which is written upon. Now, you can't really designate that as a as pleasant, unpleasant, or even neutral. All we know about that is it's a sense of openness. It's like like, like good blank paper. You know, that's its nature is to be open and receptive. And we begin to just, almost like it's an act of faith, suggest that. Where is this written on? How come you can be with your feeling, your mind state? How come you can be with it and not in it? How come you can something in you can sense that moving and shifting how come something in you can you know even sense after a while just take your time with this you know what's that this this is the we call this the you know this is the quality of of the undifferentiated heart Hmm. And naturally, you know, there's a a kind of process or a step-by-step thing with that. When you get really, really difficult stuff, then there needs to be a lot more response to that. You know, very difficult stuff. Say, well, just wait a minute. Put that aside, can't manage that. Let's go back to the breathing and calm. Or let's talk it out. We need a little more active responsiveness to that. As it becomes more, I don't know, settled or established, there's less and less you need to do apart from just to go, uh, feel it fully, feel it fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a progress or progression with that. And somewhere towards the, you know, the, the, the fundamental themes that could run through that, you know, through that whole, whether it's very strong feeling or just a uh, more foggy, foggy feeling, where we have recognition, recognize, be able to, aha, uh-huh. even if you can't label it, aha, uh-huh, something's happening, something's happening, you know, it's always happening actually. Yeah. And what's is there something that's trying to move away from that or make more of it or less of it so if you get some sense of recognising it and then whatever it is perhaps our first movement after recognition is before we go any further we have to accept it because otherwise there's going to be a constant struggle isn't there <laughs> what? So, what's what's the tonality? What's the what's acceptance? Apart from a sip, a few sounds, and a and a word, what is acceptance? If you take it beyond just the sound and a word, acceptance, <laughs> can you resonate that quality in yourself? Can you resonate it? Mm-hmm. Can you make a sound for it? If I said rejoice, not too loudly, but just kind of moderately, you could probably, you know, that's quite. It rises, doesn't it? It rises. What does acceptance do? Wide, 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 wide. What's the sound of acceptance? (laughs) I imagine it's going to be a bit more deep-bellied for most of us. So with little things like these sounding exercises, it's just to sort of wake up um, resonators, wake up places where we can embody our heart so that it actually knows more fully what this is about. It knows acceptance much more than a, of word and an idea and a good thing to do, and so on, which is all the head stuff, it knows it very much as an embodied emotional movement mm. acceptance. So this is acceptance 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 mm. and uh if we went to something like, you know, goodwill or compassion, we might have a different sound. Mm. Mm. What's the sound of loving kindness? Mm. It's not it's a different place, isn't it? A different tone, perhaps more chest. Mm. Quite not forceful, is it? that feels genuine for you just notice I say, part, not parts of your body in an anatomical way but just almost like tonalities in your body some parts of your body seem to be more alive because of that I'm suggesting to myself it's mostly chest area yeah. mm-hmm. acceptance felt a bit more down here in the belly for me loving kindness feels a bit more up here Mm. So maybe the next time something's coming along that's difficult, I might just go down here, feel how it's feeling here. Yeah. If I want to meet somebody or be with something, I might just find myself sensing up here. You know, What, is per- what would be helpful for this person, I might come- be coming from here. Mm. We said clarity, let's be really clear, we know we probably know where we'd go with that one, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. Ding. laughs> the light comes on. Uh, so this is a holistic thing where you body, heart, there's certainly, a, we can use words as a thought there, there's a certain amount of inclination and, and, and yeah. let's go, let's go there. But at the same time we're not kind of pushing it, we're just trying to wake up the potential that's there and just you know, get it to, to be with. Because stuff that hasn't been accepted, you know, never, never went there. We didn't let it go there. <laughs> you know, we closed maybe, because of the, because of the defender. You know, if you're defending with the front of your body, defending around here, then all the places that could do the assimilating will tend to clench, to close, to protect. You know. So yeah, it bounces off your, your shield, but you still get, you still get the the impression still goes in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you see what I mean? That, so that. I've thought about acceptance. I really think it's great, loving-kindness. I'm trying to figure out how to do it. Uh, re- not realizing that it's innate. If parts of me start to loosen and open, that's what's going to happen. I think that's really beautiful. There's a natural awakening. So again, what is the Buddha's teaching about? It's about awakening, it's not about becoming, or making, or creating, it's about awakening. (laughs) And yeah, we have to pick up and do something in order to plug in to the places that have closed down or gone to sleep. This is what I'm suggesting, that we could work with. body heart, primarily. Now you don't have to go around humming. (laughs) (laughs) But why not, exactly? (laughs) Why not? If that's what (laughs) works, why not? (laughs) But it can help you to sort of really get that That aspiration, like you know, acceptance, loving kindness, compassion, really get it as a fully embodied and emotive experience rather than just a nice idea. Mm. So, just spend 15 20 minutes or so and uh, you know, coming back into the embodied state, breathing letting that give us a center. The breath is there, breathing is there to give you a center that's fluid, sensitive, it's not rigid, it's not tightly held, it's a flowing, um, sensitive center. And using that to uh, relax or release other forms of body, the, the pain body, the tight body, uh, the socialized body, the outward visual body, you know. And so we can just be the breathing body, and uh, you know, let's see if we can kind of get beyond the idea that breathing is just the nose and lung job. Into breathing is something, the resonances and the energies of that actually can be discerned the tonalities of the tissues even in your fingers right down into your feet in fact it's very useful to, to notice what's happening in the soles of your feet because they're neither like your hands they will tend to tighten and contract and they can also if you loosen you get a sense of something further place for release palms of your hands soles of your feet temples and forehead things we wouldn't normally associate with breathing but you can use the, the subtler uh, effects of the breath energy playing them around these areas establish yourself and then see how you want to play it which, which bits you want to encourage breathing to move through shoulders, your neck Forehead, wherever. And returning to the breathing, so as the mind shifts and moves, exploring itself, its unresolved topics, its uh, habitual energies. Playing them out. Mm-hmm. So as we wake to that and pause, and how is the how is the breathing? Where is the breathing now? And kind of breathe out through that. Not necessarily, sometimes dropping the topic, but sometimes holding the topic long enough to get to the heart sense within that, or beneath that,
1: Uh,
0: and breathing through that. breathing through your resonant body so I invite you to take up a standing position I'm aware that uh, we spend a weekend like this then uh, quite a lot of things can come up. You know. So don't just keep heaping more stuff on the plate if you're still chewing over <laughs> what you've, what's already there. Yeah. But just suggesting you know, can just come into standing position. Uh, staying on topic with whatever's being felt or sensed. But standing position gives you certain advantage in terms of your opening, your, your front of your body, particularly the lower body, which tends to get slightly more compressed through the sitting position. Bo- you know, cha- sitting is great for the upper body, but it's also for way Lower body and uh, being able to rest in that acceptance, and coming down into the ground, feeling the feet, the strength of the legs, which supports us, mm. sense of support. building up the reference to the body from the ground on up through the balancing sense coming up into your back remember the lower back is the area that connects your, your groundedness yeah, so you've got the grounded sense which is the legs and then the upper back is the, is the area that lifts you into the world lifts you up to face the world from your crawl, you know. So to just not feel dragged up through your face, but, but lifted up through your back. Moving up your back with your awareness bet- between the shoulder blades. See if you can get a sense of widening between your shoulders so they are you feel the potential there the shoulders, the ability to to grip, to embrace to reach, to push, to repel so your shoulders your shoulders are kind of empowered as more than just weight carriers they're, they're moderators they can create boundaries what you want to include and what you want to keep out, so we're feeling that quality in the shoulders, gives us a little, uh, again a sense of, you know, some confidence. Coming up through the the neck, back, so your spine comes up from the back, through the shoulders up into the neck, and where it pokes into the cranium. And you have a uh, if you angle your head down, pulling your chin in, can be a sense of a, an opening in the, right at the top of your neck, which is called the occiput. It's a little gap between the top bone, the axis bone and the cranium occiput opening the occiput you do so draw your tail in and under and we can imagine say uh, that little gap there and say your body now can you if you had a like a peg on the back of a door you could sort of (coughs) get your that into your occiput and just let your body hang <laughs> just like taking a coat off and hanging it up see if you can get that some of that sense so the face can relax get the sense of softening down the front of your body and slightly lengthening up the back We we'll, uh, present a small movement called the string puppet for good enough reasons. And with this, we have uh, the body making the body like a marionette or separate joints and strings attached to the joints. And then the strings, particularly, we want to uh, get to know is the ones on the back of the wrists. So, yeah is it possible the string pulls and your wrist comes up and you drop the string the wrist comes down yeah. so it's aware of that movement and widen your awareness to include what happens at this pace in your body where your, sh- your arm meets your shoulder yeah. yeah. across this area so you're getting both your arms coming up what's happening across the top of your chest Uh, there it's there it's completely relaxed and there you can feel it so breathing in uh, breathing out so we're aware of the back of the wrist but also how that connects across the top of your chest as you you breathe in you feel that that part of your body not exactly doing anything but becoming more uh, tuned in, more sensitive it's being, it's receiving impressions it's receiving energy this is arising and then breathing out right. now we're going to take this breathing, we're going to take this all the way up just as if we're curious to see how far up those wrists can travel sensing the whole body and then coming over laterally breathing out breathing out, breathing out, don't drop them get to the end of the out breath breathing in, coming up through the center all the way up, we're curious how far is it going to go Am I going to leave the ground And widening laterally you know, breathing out as we're doing that notice widen your awareness to include all of your body but particularly you know the areas I've been mentioning across the top of your chest so it's like a gentle massage of that area Breathing in. And breathing out, widening. Breathing out, widening. Softening. Breathing in, brightening. Opening. If you can take it more slowly, that's good. so you're feeling two two energies one is the breath energy, make sure you stay in touch with that it's uh, moving under the skin moving through all the opening areas mm. and as well as the more physical movements where the tissues are slightly loosening and stretching, lengthening and overall sense of what kind of body is this? How is this? Okay, let's let that one subside and take a few moments to normalise. How is this? How does the bo- how does my body sit within the space immediately around me? You know, loosen up the visuals, just get a sense of the felt sense of how is this body in the s- within the space around it, mm-hmm. how is that, is that okay and uh, just in to remind you don't have to do all of these movements, I'm just going to go through a couple more but anytime you just want to s- just s- stop and feel out how you are in your space, that's the most important thing to allow yourself to let things open and stabilize and normalize, so you just follow at your own rate. Yeah. It's not always so clear. This uh, next one, we're going to bring both the hands lacing the fingers behind the behind the neck just imagine you're lying on your back yeah so you're letting this arm structure roll all the way back breathing out <sighs> yeah. breathing in and breathing out as if you're lying on your back uh, so you give a sense of the space opening in front of you yeah, as you're opening to it and then curling a little mm. and we'll take this a little bit further mm. so what we do is uh, I'll try to talk at the same time doing the movement, which isn't always so successful. <laughs> but essentially, as I'm breathing in, I'm going to start coming over, breathing in, breathing in breathing in, feeling my chest cavity compressing, breathing in mm. and then continue to breathe in and now coming up. So filling the lungs from the bottom of the lungs up, all the way up, watch out for any rush in your head come to the top and then breathing out okay. If you don't feel steady with that, then don't do not do it but if you can, if you're coming over, you're breathing in, breathing in, breathing in because your chest cavity is con- being compressed y- you get to what feels like the end of the in-breath but then continue breathing in and now open it's like you're filling your chest from the bottom upwards and watch out for when you come all the way up so you don't get too dizzy come to the top and then really again lying flat on your back on the beach ah release your fingers, let your hands, let your arms float, hang wherever they want to go and bring your awareness down into your, into the feet, grounding, giving yourself time to normalize around that, around what's moved or changed or how, how that is. And we normalize by ground, most important thing. Ground, centre, and then what's around me. Yeah. And try to just you know, light don't follow the visuals, try to sense <coughs> through your skin what's around you. The tonality. Am I comfortable? Is it open? Is it welcoming? Is it how, how what's the tonality? Of that, so, and we we'll just, um, just take this into a, a fairly stable form. Mm. Yeah, let's get sure your legs are there. So, looking down, legs straight down from the hips, feet approximately parallel, knees slightly bent, turning the tail under, standing. We're going to stand, standing in the ocean. So, sense lateral, sense lateral direction, extending. To the edge of your awareness. Normally, our awareness is channeled forward, but now we're going to channel it or extend it widthways with no real limit, just extending it as far as it goes, letting the center be less determined. little time you can come down through your head crown of the head imagine you just gently dropping down through the crown of your head through the brain or around the brain the soft palate the back of the throat just behind the hard palate down the throat like you're dropping a pendulum bob down into your abdomen through down through here That's your midline balance point from the top and from the bottom Mm -hmm. So widening, let's widen the back through the shoulders Let your hands come round. Arms round in a light, easy curve. And resting on a ball. Round about that, that place in your body that I was mentioning earlier, the lower center where the baseball fits. (laughs) About there. So we did this the other day. Resting, feeling... The framing of the hand, which is the bony, hard structure, and then the that frames the ball, yeah, so it's slightly curved, and then the soft surface of the hand feels the ball. Once you've framed it, try to tune into the felt sense of that See if you can even slightly almost lean on it as if it's a third leg without changing the position just changing your intention yeah so your physical position remains the same but you, you move your intention Amazing, eh? it's moving your attitude. <laughs> Resting on the ball. Maybe the. It'll lift a little. And if it lifts, turn your hands behind it. So now the ball is. Uh, your hands, palms, of your hands are facing your, your belly. Facing your midriff, wherever they are. Their yeah. uh, intentionality now is to <coughs> just very lightly feel wrapped around the ball. You don't have to change your position at all. Just change your attitude. So the forearms, the skin, on the forearms, the skin and your chest, yeah. there's a circle there all of that circle is now feeling as if it's connected, held to a buoyant ball in the ocean. Your attitude, your intention is that. And you can rest other attitudes, being held, mm. being carried, being held by the ball. And as any other energies come up, yeah, restless pushes or stressful senses, just keep returning to resting on the ball and breathing in, breathing out. Yeah. Expanding your awareness over tension. Mm. Contemplating the warming effect of it widening and spreading that effect through your body so you're turning tension into positive energy. Mm. Changing your attitude. A couple more minutes of this. Try to avoid locking into an intention of holding on forever or keeping up with the group or intention of being strong. Just keep returning your attention to resting on the ball, letting it carry whatever is here at this time, softening, widening. Okay, so just letting that movement subside, softening, letting the bringing the ball back to your belly connecting to the breath body Mm. and releasing the form How how is that? How are we with that? Mm. Take a few moments and when you uh, in your own time take up sitting position So, coming to the end of the day, I'd like to mention something uh, that's refer to using the word normalizing. Mm. So it's very important to uh, just touch into that word again because uh, this is the place where we we come back to a norm, where we, we integrate whatever we've moved through, whatever's happened. We kind of got a uh, come back to basic ground where things can settle, you know. Things have been released, things have been opened up, things have moved along, and well, here I am you know, conventionally speaking, as it were. And normal normalization means that two things there's a center, yeah. You may not physically locate it. You get a sense if you are—you've got you're centered. You've got some kind of quality of centeredness. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's in your in your body. <laughs> 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 and you also have a periphery, which means you have something around you. You can not you, you can have both. You, you know, if you have periphery and no center. You're just all out. You know, if you have. Uh, you know, centre but no periphery, you're all locked in <laughs> so periphery and what's around me so I think from time to time I've been suggesting, you know, what's right in front of my chest, what's behind my back, what's above my head right, you know, like an inch, you know and you can't see it but you can sense this is free from obstruction free from intrusion, it's open it's okay, you know of that yeah. So that that's our norm. We establish those two. Then whatever is moving can kind of be processed. Yeah. I've got a kind of a central ground, and stuff can move through that, and it moves out, and it you know dissipates or it grounds. You've got some sense of a of a, a sphere, a field. We call it a field that we've established. We all have our own personal field. Mm-hmm. I hope this makes some sense, but let it, let it play across your cerebrals and see what happens to it. Uh, and then, when you're with other people, yeah, then you create a, a group field. You know, it's us group. So here we have, in some ways, created a group field. I mean, I'm sure we're all different. We all have different experiences, and yet there's been a sense of here we are in this room. I'm okay. You know, nobody's going to mess with me, it's fine, we're in a safe place, a group field. So we can feel quite more open. That's the beauty of Sangha. That's the beauty of group practice. We can feel a bit more wider and more open. You get on the street, hopefully your field is going to, you know, you don't want to be like that out down Fifth Avenue, you know. (laughs) So it doesn't mean it's wrong, it just means there's a time when you... You know, let's just come back to here, you know can't be that wide open, but I'm not gonna you know freeze up completely either, so I'm in my space now, feeling the body moving along, and then okay, getting coming home, okay, you know, I can widen again, so I don't stay in that street state when I get home, <laughs> yeah. So this enables you know the, keeping this healthy field is very important, and uh, that will that will process things for you. It will help things to move for you. The the, you know, uh, the field is indestructible. The Content is difficult. The field is indestructible. It just changes its shape, but it's indestructible. As long as we stay we stay in it. And there's plenty of things that can pull us out of it, you know. We get pulled out through the eyes, the ears, through our brains, our thoughts pull us out of the field, and then we're in danger and you get tossed around like a shuttlecock. And the to the point where we don't even really know that we have this home base. We think your home's out there. (laughs) And by assembling things out there, your home is in this field. This is your karmic field. And this is where the results of your practice are going to be most properly felt. This is where where you can, this is stuff you have to clear is in this field. And as it clears, this is the benefit of the field you've got a clear field that you can rest in or clearer happier more collected more strongly felt more grounded that's important so just be aware when we do a retreat and this hasn't been a super silent closed retreat we've done a lot of stuff a couple of days hope i haven't you know worked you too hard um, just bear in mind, it doesn't finish with the bell, <laughs> it doesn't finish with the bell does it? you know, you're still, you're going to go back home, taking your time just to you know, get the sense of keeping your, keeping your field with you, letting the content change. It's going to be a lot more effective the more you keep your, your energy channels open, so over-stimulation closes them you know, what do I say intoxicants close them too much over-activity closes them clogs them and the clearer and purer, more open they can get the better you're going to feel in the long run the more effective your your ability to discharge um, the uncomfortable and to receive the benefits of the Dhamma the more that's going to increase. So, I'd like to thank you all. And um, time for any questions, comments, closing pieces.
7: I um, I want to ask uh, a question that's arisen over the weekend, which is not directly related to the teaching, but it may be that between uh, what I find is I don't fully understand really the the connection between the learning in the daily life and the learning in the meditation um, I came to this practice uh, rather late in life although it was 20 years ago because I kept meeting people who seemed to practice, but would say things like, "I'm a very spiritual person," which was confusing. And um, as and the, I haven't really had any great moments of insight. Um, in my teach in in, in teaching and medita- uh, you know the many times I've uh, sat with a teacher many times with you uh, but over the years I've had those moments when I say oh that doesn't really affect me anymore mm-hmm. oh or Oh, that used to be really difficult, and it isn't anymore and uh, but at the same time, I think of myself as a very poor meditator after all this practice um, there's you know I hear other people who've practiced, and they have great moments of perfect tranquility and samadhi and whatnot. So I'm wondering how, and yet I don't think any of this would have happened to me if I hadn't sat all those many days and hours. So what is the relation to, uh, oh, I also want to say, you know, I have no hope of enlightenment. You know, I, my only hope is that I lead a really good life, and so, should I really uh, expect to improve my meditation, Uh, should I, is it, does it suffice to work every day? To know who I am, uh, what I, what my intentions really are, things like that. What, where is should my, should, the balance between meditation and life be?
1: Hmm.
0: Well, I think you just follow your gut, really. <clears throat> the. Uh you know the the thinking system that uh, you're speaking from is really not not the optimal uh, place of practice. <laughs> uh, you follow follow your heart, follow your gut, follow your senses, follow your because your your thinking system. As already said it's not going to get enlightened. Um, yeah, so it's not it's not the one to follow. Just follow how it, what the feeling is. Mm. Yeah, now in, when we, so meditation, by and large, seems to be setting up a particular set of circumstances to operate within, which are not one's normal domestic routine setting up a specialized situation of some sort often with uh, strange protocols within it That's, uh, these are places like this is the gym this is where you work out daily life is where you are in your karma very much in your karma in your actions Yeah. Uh, so But then hopefully the meditation you're getting the strength and the savvy and the footwork to be able to contemplate your daily life more effectively, skillfully, feel it. Feel what's necessary, feel what's unnecessary and keep adjusting, tuning, clearing your karma. Just think of it as clearing karma, don't worry about getting enlightened. Just start clearing habits. Habits you're fed up with. (laughs) Habits that you're tired of. Habits that are no good. And bringing in skillful inclinations, dispositions that you feel pleased with. And you keep doing that, it won't let you down. You won't regret it. And meditation is just helping you to, to know what those... To really know for yourself what are the skillful and what really are the ones you've had enough of because you have to sit with them. <laughs> do you want to get out of the bathtub or do you want to sit in there for some more? It's up to you.
12: <laughs> yeah. uh, is there really ultimately a separation that we wanted to create between our meditation and our daily lives? Isn't it about integrating the meditative practice into our daily lives?
0: Yeah, but you've got sort of like, you know, meditation, most people mean to sit still. That's not normal, you know, sit still not reading anything, not talking to anybody. There's a certain protocol in that, you know, sitting upright, what for? Uh, You know, so there's a certain set of rules, you say, or conventions, or it's an exercise. Just the formal
12: meditation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As opposed to informal or uh, moment-to-moment
0: meditation. Mm. Meditation means, really, I think it means the exercise. I'm not saying, I'm certainly not saying you can't be mindful or empathic in daily life. I'm saying there are are times when you deliberately set up a form that's just about doing that, and then you you roll it out on the road and work with stuff, Mm -hmm. which is actually yeah, they're both beneficial.
1: Mm.
0: Sometimes one can inform the other, you know, one can inform the other. Daily life starts to inform how you meditate or why you meditate. If you meditate to get away from it all, then you begin to sense that as no, that's not it. You know. (laughs) Somehow what the, the flow between the two is is of paramount importance. So sometimes it's that point when we, you know, like we come to the end of our meditation period, ring the bell and just neither meditate nor don't meditate. You know, just... See. Normalize, you know, like... What are we gonna, you know, what do you want to do now? <laughs> so those are useful things to build in, you know, like a dawning period between day and night.
1: Uh,
12: well, I can understand that. Yeah. Uh, there seems to be, I don't know, it's just uh, in, in, the, uh, in separating those two things, there's almost a, uh, a dropping of some of the, uh, I don't know if discipline is the right word, but some of the, uh, the, men- the, uh, uh, the mental discipline of staying with a chosen object, staying with the awareness, the ground which you started with. Staying mm. with that ground, staying with that, uh, that sense of awareness as the object of meditation day-to-day, moment-to-moment. To mm. me, that you know, sounds like meditation, even though it's not formal in the sense of the exercise. Mm. But the rest of the qualities of it seem to be there.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. there's such a thing as samadhi, where the sense, sense faculties quieten down. You can't do that in daily life, but I, I, I you know, I, I think you, what you're saying has got a lot of validity to it. Mm. So I think somebody at the back, first of all.
8: Yeah. I wanted to thank you. Perhaps I'm speaking for some others. I came today um, having not meditated for a while and I feel now an invitation not something to resist but an invitation to to be with the field and mm-hmm. to frame and to uh, well be grateful for a body that can bring me and bring me into the field and also talking about how as we do it together in our own way we're creating sangha I just wanted to thank you very much and when I see you next time I hope I don't say the same thing it'll be something <laughs> different
0: <laughs> there's a fellow down here
14: this gentleman here Well, I wanted to thank you also. It was really a great experience for me to be here. And um, I wanted to thank you especially for the teachings today about the heart um, that resonated in my heart. And um, during one of the practice sessions, I really, I just wanted to share, I just really felt I was sort of with my, with the pain in my heart for a long time. And, And I sort of watched it, Sort of change so that it was sort of contracted and hot. And then it changed to being sort of like uncontracted and hot. <laughs> it was like big and hot. Uh-huh. And so I was aware that I kind of. Wanted it to be something different than that, <laughs> like I don't know what. Like I wanted it to be more peaceful. Uh-huh. It it never got to peaceful, uh-huh. but it got to sort of big and hot. So that's uh-huh. where it was. Yeah. yeah. So I, I wanted to I wanted to thank you for, and and it felt good. It, it was yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it felt good in the same way that somebody on the other side said earlier that something felt good. I think the pain because it was real. So this felt good to me because it yeah. was real.
0: Great great yeah it's true that it doesn't like go from you know one point to oh complete release it generally goes from feeling tight and and difficult and then feeling oh quite stirred up and difficult and then you know sort of quite activated and difficult and then oh tired and difficult and fed up with it all and sad and difficult oh Oh, sweet, sweet and difficult. Placing it helps to. She's asking about this particular mudra, this gesture where the you know the fingertips are lightly touching the other fingertips and the thumb tip. So, because these areas of your body are probably must must be the most sensitive places. That uh, you know when you're, if you're feeling loss of focus or drowsy or spacey. And then something you want to, rather than trying to firm up, where you continue fighting willfully, you just come into touch. And it keep attuning to touch. And gradually it will start to clarify. Because it's a signal. This is what we call signaling. <coughs> huh? Very, very tangible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So particularly the hands are very, very significant signals. You know what's happening in our hands will give a signal to the whole body. Why well, you see the Buddha's always teaching with his hands? You know, doing these things with his hands because <laughs> they're the great, they're the great. That's the real thing, not just the verbiage. You know? Is that woman in the back somewhere?
3: Please speak on the idea that the breath being so simple, so constant, sort of so embodied that it seems like we don't really spend much attention to it we don't we're not aware of it we sort of take it for granted that yeah it's gonna come out yeah it's gonna go in but to see the process is like I don't know it's sort of like a gift and when you see it like in the body At least in my case, when I think about the body being deteriorating and dying that's a sort of a threatening feeling but when I see the, when I watch the breath I see it change like I I can't, I, I can't explain it but it just changes all the time. So it makes me feel, wow, if that can change, then everything else can change. So, can you um, go into that a little bit more? (laughs)
0: Mm, I don't know. You know what? What causes us to breathe? It's the formative energy, Mm -hmm. and what is breathing? What? What? So it's a whole series of senses and energies and flows that's very morphic, plastic never the same from moment to moment and yet somehow very consistent Mm. and it allows the hard forms to rest become more pliable so it's our it's our grace because whatever is uh, stiff and static is
13: death bound I wonder if uh, whatever is stiff and static is deathbound and by contrast what isn't is a reminder of openness or life if that's not the normalization that you're talking about it wouldn't be so much whether you're meditating or not as uh, in a way just remembering emptiness when you're going through the mall and seeing all the things to buy in the airport remembering that that's a place built on empty ground and it could be any place and it will be give enough time and so in some way there's a great freeing element of uh, knowing that in the remembering of emptiness that one can uh, no, or, or have some certainty that, uh, that there is an opening available. And the simple first step, I suppose, would be just keeping it in mind. Would What's that be normalization? What's emptiness? Uh, it would be the dimension of opening versus Openness. lifting your head up from watching your feet as you shuffle along the sidewalk and noticing that there's a sky. Uh-huh.
0: What's your question to me?
13: Would that be the normalization that you began speaking about?
0: Normalization is, as I was saying, having a center. That's important. So you can't open without, if you open without a center, you're liable to get shredded. Uh, So you could have a centrality, which is uh, the balance point. It's not touched by anything. It's like a, it is empty in a sense it has no, no track, no trace no sensation, no feeling all you know is there's a, central, a centrality which feels open uh, uh, and, and you have a periphery which has always got something in it some qualities some tones some karma in it you know? and the idea is to hold the two together so you're not just out in your karma, but at the same time you're not closing down to it, so there's some way in which that can be integrated to let center can clear what's needs
13: to be cleared so uh, it's the heart sutra, essentially. emptiness is form form emptiness could be. <laughs> could be thank you yeah,
0: yeah. you know whatever comes in you see is like. All the time in this, you know, the content is constantly changing, isn't it? Things that are peripheral become central, you know, they come up out of the field, and wow, where's that one? And yet, we know it, it came out of the field. You know, so this field is, the presence of it is wonderful. The, this I was saying, like the framing of that is beautiful. Content comes and goes, you know. We hold the, hold the framing through knowing a center So we have a boundary, you know, and, uh, you know, (laughs) the old saying is, be mindful of all that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Lani?
11: Yes, thanks, Ajahn. I I wanted to ask you, um, I think you're sort of talking a little bit about it with what you even just said, but if you could please repeat what the energy field is that you describe, Doni, when we're in the world, the energy field of... Um, I think it was like... I don't know if it's the being an inch behind our uh, back and our chest or... Exactly. I missed something there about... You're talking about when we go back and from to our regular day-to-day life. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well... Uh, yeah, I've kind of touched on it, but really the you know, another way of, of describing it is the field is is the activations is, you know what's in the field is activations acti- ac- activations so they could be our moods our emotions sensations uh, thoughts so we're sitting in that you know uh, and then you say that's that's your and you so but then you recognizing um, say you know this is pertinent this is My stuff, as it were, pertinent, and when we uh, it becomes, and the whole sense of having a a kind of a boundary, a safe boundary, means you're not diluting it or polluting it with all kinds of other stuff. You know, just because there's so much stuff out there, you know, (laughs) so you don't want to either, you know, leak (laughs) or, or pollute by adding more to it. Uh, well you know unnecessarily so you've got to have some sense of what are you open to this is what wise attention's about so you're walking down the street and you're going you know, you know what's going on you don't need to go into that shop window you know you don't need to go into that coffee bar you know, with your eyes or your mind do you? do you? maybe you do if you don't don't bother you know so there's a lot of that just that monitoring because whatever you open to is going to come into your field and you're going to have to process it that's what restraints about. It's like trying to make life easier. <laughs> so you know you switch on the television, okay, but then all that's going to come in, and you're going to have to deal with that, yeah. Or you might not even deal with it. You know, you might not actually deal with it. You might just sit there like like plastic debris on the on the river. You know, you're just kind of floating around, like dead stuff. So you sit there, and all you're doing is whistling old movie tunes. You know, we've got nothing to do with you at all but it's just got dumped there. <laughs> you know, random images and which have got no relevance at all. But they're sitting there in your field. So, you know, whatever you put in, you realize whatever comes in to your field, you're going to have to, you know, as we say, we are owners of our karma, heirs to our karma. You're going to have to be with that, right? It's going to affect you. Yeah. So, the safe boundary attention intention establishes the boundary so that's really helpful because there's all kinds of stuff's going to come floating in but what really stays there is what you're intending towards that's what really fastens it in there is what you're oh I want one of those well that's going to stay there a long time (laughs) you know I get really wound up about that that's going to stick there other stuff just it can move through so intention, attention, those are those are the things that we really are keeping our awareness of our karma and uh, you know the results of our karma. But certainly, you know, because attention, you can't you're bound to see, hear things that are whatever. But the really important one is to really centre on your intentionality, because that will by itself tend to filter a lot of stuff. I'm not there for that. Fine, but I'm not there for that. I've got no issues with that. This is my this is what I'm doing, you know. And that itself acts as a filter when other you can't walk around with your eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. But you can walk around with that sense of this is where I'm going, you
2: know.
11: <laughs> Thank you very yeah, much.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay for more people whoever it's up to you <laughs>
2: um,
3: <clears throat> I wanted to um, thank you for the whole weekend but I, I, I just want to mention that it was really helpful that you clarified the difference between watching and touching that was mm-hmm. really helpful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, and the exercise the body work that we did I could I really felt a difference in my in inside internally and um, and I just wondered, is, is some of it Qigong? Is some that, of it's
0: Qigong, yeah.
3: Um, because I would like to do more of it. And you gave us a lot to do. I don't know if I can remember it all. But, so I was wondering about that.
0: Yeah, there's a... Uh, I mean, that, I think what I was touching into there was this exercise called the Eight Silk Brocade. There's eight moves called the Silk Brocade and I think you're going to find that in a book called The Way of Energy by somebody called Master Lam L A M. if you can track that down I've only mentioned that because there's so much stuff out there which is all good but you know, if you want to spend the next 25 years developing Qigong or if you want to just get a little bit that you can do that helps your meditation then I'd advise you just stay to something that's about Eight moves and a lot of standing still. That's plenty.
6: Could you repeat the name of the book?
0: Way the Way of Energy. Yeah. Do we have a closure time? I don't wanna I'm okay, but it's coming at five eighteen. I'd like to finish with a little chanting at the end, so just bear that in mind, yeah.
3: Okay, this is just a brief question. It goes back to what you were saying earlier about the uh, emotional tones of the elements and you said that air, uh, restlessness is the negative form Mm. but I didn't catch what you said was the positive form.
0: positive form of air. Uh, Well, it's obvious in a way, inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's literally the breath. Take a breath. You know, get going. It's it's the sense of let's move. It's perhaps that's it for the day, for the week, for the year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to, if you're willing and interested, if you'd like to participate, we just finish with a mantra chanting. Um, if you just want to sit there and listen, that's fine. Um, if you'd like to join in, that's uh, nice. Uh, and this is the mantra, um, and it's the four Brahma Vihara, so Metta Karuna Mudita Upeka, kindness, compassion, uh, gladness appreciative joy as they say or gladness and even mindedness or equanimity so good things to resonate with And uh, I've sort of devised a little small tune to go with it so we'll chant this for a few minutes and then as I start to resound the bell we'll let, let the sound die let the sound fade and try to stay in the tonality of that
2: <coughs> Meta Karuna, Mudita Hupeka, Meta Karuna, Mudita Meta Karuna, mudita Karuna Muleta Hompe Game. Karuna Muleta Hompe Karuna Muleta Hompe karuna mudita ho henga meda karuna mudita ho henga
9: meda
2: karuna mudita ho henga Mudetahupega, meda, garuna, mudetahupega, meda, ta ho